Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. There's a reason so many people have searched the world for the Holy Grail, the cup from which Jesus drank at the Last Supper. To sip from the cup is to gain eternal life, they say. Other legends of immortality have been passed down through the ages as well. The ancient Greeks wrote about a special water in Africa belonging to a people known as the Macrobians. The water was said to allow these Macrobians to live well beyond 100 years of age. We know that story better today thanks to conquistador Ponce de Leon, who famously went in search of it during the mid-1500s. Because of his expedition, the concept of a fountain of youth has spread throughout the world as something of a common legend. However, Ponce de Leon looked for the fountain of youth on an island off the coast of Florida, when he should have been searching the kingdom of Tonga. The Polynesian sovereign state, 1,100 miles off the coast of New Zealand, was once home to a great king. Tui Malila came to power in 1777. It was at that time when he met James Cook, a British captain of the Royal Navy, who was the first European explorer to have ever set foot on the shores of such exotic places as Hawaii and eastern Australia. Captain Cook came bearing a gift, too, which he presented to the people of Tonga before leaving to see the rest of the world, and this gift remained on the island to be cared for by the royal family. It eventually became clear that this gift was special, as Tui Malila, despite his growing age, continued to live through numerous historical milestones. Where other leaders would abdicate the throne to their children, Tui Malila kept on ruling. The French Revolution, the American Civil War, as well as the inventions of the telegraph, the light bulb, and the telephone all occurred while he was sitting on the Tongan throne. During Malila's reign as king, New York became a bustling metropolis, and two presidents were assassinated. The horse-drawn carriage gave way to the steam engine, which eventually led to Henry Ford's Model T, and Tui Malila was there to see it all. When word of the seemingly immortal king made its way to other countries, their leaders made plans to meet with him. Queen Elizabeth II took a tour of the island in 1953 with the express purpose of speaking with the king. There are even photographs of the two monarchs walking the royal grounds together. Ten years later, after having met with the Queen and witnessing historical events like the sinking of the Titanic and the entirety of World War II, Tui Malila passed away from natural causes. He was 188 years old. 
The thing about the king, though, was that he hadn't discovered the Fountain of Youth, nor had the gift that Captain Cook delivered to him given him immortality. Tui Malila, you see, was Captain Cook's gift. A turtle. A radiated turtle, to be exact, originally from Madagascar. Captain Cook had found him during one of his expeditions and took him aboard his ship, only to present him to the Tongan royal family when he arrived. Tui Malila wasn't a real king. No turtle can be, of course. But he was a symbol and a cultural icon for both the family and the island as a whole. He holds the Guinness World Record for longest living tortoise, and his body has been preserved for display in the Tongan National Center on Tonga's main island of Tongatapu. However, Tui Malila isn't the only known turtle to have lived over 150 years. In the mid-1700s, a young Aldebra giant tortoise was given to Robert Clive, an official with the East India Company. Named Adwaita, the animal lived on his estate for some time before it was transferred to the Alipore Zoo in India in 1875, where it lived until its death in 2006. If zoologists had known its official birthday, they could have accurately determined his age. For now, Tui Malila still holds the record, but it is estimated that Adwaita lived to be even older, passing away at the ripe old age of 250 years. It seems the old fable about the tortoise and the hare still has a lot to teach us. When it comes to living longer, slow and steady wins the race. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f- themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts.
Good luck tends to be elusive. Lost lottery tickets, a poorly bet horse race, and a bad hand at poker can ruin a good time. Some say once it's found, luck doesn't stick around for long, so make the most of it while you have it. Joseph Samuel stumbled upon a bit of good luck early in his life. Not much is known about him, though. He served seven years in an English prison for robbery when he was only 14 years old. After his sentence was over, he went to Sydney, Australia, where he didn't quite abandon his old life of petty crime. In fact, things got worse there. Samuel fell in with a bad crowd. He and another man named Isaac Simmons took to robbing houses. On one night in August of 1803, Samuel and Simmons entered the home of a Mrs. Mary Breeze. They stole 24 guineas and other small coins, as well as a desk. Mrs. Breeze filed a report that night, and Constable Joseph Luker decided to take a look around her property. He must have found what he was looking for, because the next day, Luker's body was discovered right behind Mrs. Breeze's home, making him the first on-duty police officer killed in Australian history. An investigation into the murder was launched immediately, and it didn't take long for authorities to find Simmons and Samuel at the center of it all. Samuel, however, confessed to everything and was sentenced to far more than a handful of years in prison. He was hanged for his crimes. Simmons wasn't out of the woods, though. The police knew that he'd been involved, and so he was ordered to attend his friend's execution. One month later, Joseph Samuel and another man were escorted to the gallows. They were given their last rites, but the rabbi attending to Samuel asked for a final confession before he was hanged. Joseph recanted his confession, claiming that his accomplice, Isaac Simmons, had actually told him that he had done it while the two were briefly incarcerated. Simmons was in the audience as he'd been instructed, and when the people nearby found out, they began to turn on him. The man standing beside Samuel was given a pardon at the 11th hour once the drama had died down. Only Joseph Samuel was to hang that day. He bowed his head and prayed as the hangman slipped the noose around his neck. The cart attached to the rope was told to start moving, holding Samuel in the air to slowly strangle him to death. He struggled for several seconds before falling unconscious, and falling onto his face as well. The rope holding him up had snapped. The executioner and the constables got him on his feet and prepared him for another try. Once again, they tightened the noose around his neck, and the cart pulled away. This time, the rope stretched and unraveled, and he found himself with his two feet on the ground again. This time, the crowd cheered. While the police figured the whole thing was to be an unfortunate coincidence, many in the audience assumed that it was something else, something heavenly. Clearly, Joseph Samuel was not meant to hang that day. The police tried one more time to execute him, and as the cart moved again, the rope gave out just like the first time. Samuel, his throat sore and his body weakened, had survived three separate hangings in one day. The crowd could not be contained. They demanded that he be pardoned, which the governor did right away, citing divine intervention on behalf of the accused. Sadly, Samuel couldn't beat the system a fourth time. His crimes got him shipped out to Newcastle, where he was to work in the mines. In 1806, he and a group of seven other men tried to escape by boat, A storm moving in caught up with them, and their vessel was destroyed. All eight men were presumed lost at sea. It appears that Mr. Samuel had finally reached the end of his rope. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. 
Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.